are uh, in uh, the book of Matthew. Um, yeah. <laughs> Closing in on two years on Matthew, a few months away from two years. Um, yeah, so we're methodical. We, uh, we are Methodists, by the way. That is where our name comes from, right? Uh, so we uh, are at Matthew 21, and this is where things get fun, like, right? I mean, the whole, the whole story of Jesus is great and wonderful, and there's great parts of it. But now we come to, like, here we go. You know, this is, like, game on. Um, you know, the lights dim, the music starts playing, and uh, things start happening. Um, you know, it, because it's when Jesus enters into Jerusalem at the time of Passover, leading to his crucifixion, his death, resurrection, his ascension, and sending us out. All good stuff. So we've taken, you know, for 30 of his years, 20 chapters. And now we're going to like, wham, the, the last part of it right here um, in, in seven chapters. So Jesus is entering Jerusalem. Now, this is something like this entry. Um, it's the triumphal entry is what the Bible scholars have labeled it. Those, who, those of you that have a, a Bible that has some sort of title above it, it will say the triumphal entry. Now, an entrance is something that um, if you if you're a showman, you work on your entrance, you know, and if you want to make a statement, the first way you can make a statement is by entering is through your entrance. For example, think of the Oscars. When you think of the Oscars, most times um, the entrance of the host will be a big production. Um, I was this week thinking of Arthur, 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 um, not that movie, Arthur Fonzarelli, the Fonz. Every time he'd make an entrance into the diner, he'd bust through those little swinging doors and go, hey, you know, like, because coolness had arrived. It was an entrance where everybody went, the Fonz has arrived, things are about to happen. Kramer on Seinfeld always made an entrance um, as he burst through Jerry's door. And then there's the Batman movie where... um, Danny DeVito and Jim Carrey are both in it, playing the Joker and Penguin, respectively. And, and uh, I think the Penguin makes a big, this grand big entrance, or the Joker, one of the, one of the two. They're standing on these stairs, and here comes Batman, and he bursts through this glass ceiling, if you remember, and he drops down to the middle. And one of them looks and goes, yours was good, his was better. You know, an entrance really sets the scene and the mood and the tone. It says something about you. So when Jesus is entering Jerusalem... You know, this is an opportunity to make an entrance. And it's, you know, triumphal, actually. Chapter 21, verse 1. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said, and you will see a donkey tied there with his colt beside it. Untie them and bring them here. If anyone asks you what you're doing, just say the Lord needs them and he will immediately send them. This was done to fulfill the prophecy. Tell the people of Israel, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, even on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus said. They brought the animals to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their coats on the road ahead of Jesus, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. He was in the center of the procession, and the crowds all around him were shouting, Praise God for the son of David. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was stirred as he entered. Who is this? They asked. And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth and Galilee. Now, 
One of the things I, I, I love about this translation, the NLT, is that it, um, it makes things more readable that sometimes aren't. However, there are some issues that I have when you change a word and really lose its meaning. Um, when it says, praise God in the highest heaven, the word that they're translating there is Hosanna. Anyone ever heard the word Hosanna? Yes, all of you. Put your hands down. Now, Hosanna may not mean what you think it means. Um, so Hosanna actually means God save us. It's a desperate cry. Hosanna! Save us! Praise God just doesn't do it. It misses it. It misses the moment of the entry. It misses what happens. There is great significance in all of this. And when you, and when you dumb it down to that, you miss the significance of the crowd surrounding it. So here's what's going on in Jerusalem. It's about to be the Passover. So during the times of the three main festivals, the Jerusalem population would just go, whoom, it would swell. It was required by law, Jewish law, any male within 15 mile radius of Jerusalem had to go to Jerusalem to celebrate the festival. If you lived outside of that 15 mile radius, you were exempt from the law, but you did everything in your power to get there and to celebrate those festivals. So at the time of Passover, there could have been two and a half, three million people in the city of Jerusalem, millions of people crowded into the city. So there's people everywhere. And this is when the Lord chooses his time to make his entrance. Now he could have, because let's face it, he's going into the lion's den, right? The Pharisees already don't like him, are plotting to kill him. He knows this. Um, the Sadducees don't feel much better about him. He's walking into their headquarters, if you will. He could have done it at the still of night. Wait for it to get real dark, wait for everybody to bed down, pass over out, you know, and, and then you kind of, that's pretty funny, and nobody laughed. Uh, you, you kind of just sneak in so that nobody sees you and get to where you're going. He could have come through a lesser gate, through, the, through uh, some place that not as many people would be. But what he was doing was fulfilling prophecy. The, the, the signs that point towards who the Messiah is, who the King of King is is. And so he comes through the Mount of Olives by Bethany and Bethpage, and he comes through this particular area, and he rides on a donkey, and he comes in, and the people go nuts. They give him the blessing, a typical blessing, blessed are you, and comes in the name of the Lord. And then they throw in the Hosanna. They see something. They know something about who this man is is he's a king and so what they do is they begin to throw their coats on the ground and it was probably the only coat that they had but they toss it on the clean dirt street of jerusalem and allow this donkey and colt to trample upon them they cut branches down and start waving these branches now in second kings it records one of the kings of israel as he comes into the town that the people laid their coats before him in the second book of Maccabees, which some of you might have in your Bible, some of you may not. It's in the, the Old Testament, if you have a Catholic-type Bible or a uh, New Revised, I think, has it. Um, 
So you have, uh, in the second book of Maccabees, there's the, the recording of when Jerusalem was taken, um, taken captive and the Maccabean war happens. And Simon Maccabee was the general, the leader who comes in, he reclaims Jerusalem. He goes into the temple. He does these purification things, ceremonies. He reclaims the temple for God and the people cut these branches down, these palm branches and start waving them around and treat him as if. He is a king. So there's all of this imagery and history that the Jews would know, that the Jews would be familiar with going on as Jesus is entering Jerusalem. They are claiming him to be king of kings. You are a king. And then they shout, save us. See, for years they have lived in oppression. They have been just beat down. They have been slaves. They have been raped. They have been murdered. They have done everything bad that could happen to them has been done to them. They have no power. They are oppressed. And they have consistently cried out to God, save us, save us, send the Messiah to save us. Now, throughout the years, the Jews broke into different little factions. There was the zealots who believed that oppression would only stop through violent means. So they had in the ranks of the zealots this um, class of person called a Sikari, which is an assassin. They had professional assassins that they would send out to kill people. You had the Essenes who removed themselves from everything and went to live in the wilderness and wait for the coming of the Messiah to violently end the oppression. You had uh, the Herodians, a group of Jews who believed that the rule of Herod wasn't all that bad and it's better than, you know, it's the the evil that you're with is better than the evil that you don't know. And so they're kind of just going along. With it, then there was the Pharisees who believed that um, the oppression of the of the Romans, uh, their power and the Herod, the family Herod, uh, was because that Jews were not following the Torah closely enough. Then there was the Sadducees, who uh, were the rulers of the temple, the chief priests, and they were put in power by the Romans. So they're like. Eh, the Romans aren't all that bad. You know, they give us power. They give us money. We're rich. We're wealthy. We're the upper class. So let's not rock the boat. You have all of these different groups of people, most of whom were waiting and praying for the day that the oppression would end. Most of them were desperately crying out to God for the Messiah to come. Millions of people are in Jerusalem for the celebration of Passover when God released them from slavery. They're celebrating a time when God brought them freedom. And here comes Jesus riding on. He's fulfilling some of these prophetic things. They're laying cloaks before him. They're cutting these branches down. Hosanna, save us! Now in Luke's account, something that Matthew doesn't say but Luke does, is Luke says that as Jesus surveys the scene, that he begins to weep. He begins to cry. And I think the reason is, is because, again, they don't get it. Here he comes, the king of kings. Yes, should he be worshipped? Absolutely. But they're worshipping him in a wrong way. 
They believe as they shout desperately this militaristic cry of Hosanna that he's coming to violently bring salvation and freedom. And that's not who he is. That's not who he was. And that's not who he will be. He is the Prince of Peace. See, he knows the history. He knows uh, what is our history, what was their future. He knows what was going to happen to him. He knows that he would suffer, that he would die, that he would conquer death and be ascended into heaven. He knows that, uh, that the church would rise. He knows that the ministry of Paul and Peter, that his brother would be killed and martyred because he believed in him. All of these different things. But he also knows what happens 30, 40, 50 years after his death. See, the Jews who missed that Jesus was the Messiah continued to wait on the Messiah. And they continued to, get, to want to get out of the oppression. And it became more and more violent until there was a revolution. And this revolution just explodes between the Romans and the Jews. And there are battles and there are just atrocities. At the end of the revolution, over a million people are slaughtered. Men, women, and children. Horrible, horrible things happen during this time of revolution. See, because all of these different factions, all of these different groups start coming, the zealots start raising up in power and, the, and they start attacking the Sadducees because the Sadducees are Roman, uh, are kind of, they think they're in bed with the Romans and all this stuff happens because people are grasping on to, to power, to politics, to military. And Jesus knows this is going to happen. And that's why I believe he weeps. You don't get it. See, it was not uncommon for a king to ride on a donkey. In, in that area, in that time. Generally, if you saw a king coming to your area riding on a horse, it meant war. But if you saw a king riding to your area and he was riding on a donkey, it meant peace. So here you have the king of kings making his triumphal entry on an object of peace. And the people surrounding him are shouting military cries. They don't get it. They're grasping at things that he doesn't want them to grasp. He's bringing in this kingdom of peace and they're trying to raise up armies. And what happens is absolute annihilation of millions of people. They don't get it. A lot of times I don't think we do either. A lot of times I think we miss the donkey. We miss that message of peace. Yeah, he's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. We should be laying down before him. We should be worshiping him. But we should be doing it in the way that he asked us to. Ushering in the kingdom of peace, not of division. And yet here we find ourselves on the cusp of an election in our country. And you can't get away from it. In a couple of weeks, I'm going up to San Marcos to teach a class at Texas State University for a friend of mine. And he wants me to come and talk about Christianity and politics. And I'm so excited. And those students are not going to hear what they think they're going to hear. Because I think this is what Jesus tells us. 
and, and you can't get away from the, the political movement right now. You can't get away from the election, from the debates, from um, the jobs bill, from the everybody's running for everything right now. And everyone hates everyone else. And everyone thinks everyone else is evil. Both sides do this. All depending on how many parties you want to claim that are, exist in this country. They all are shouting and yelling and blaming and pointing fingers. And it's ugly and ugly and ugly. How many of you who have political beliefs, when you see a bumper sticker from another political party, kind of get a little visceral gut reaction there? And you're like, Ugh, of course that person's driving a Prius. Of course that person's driving an F-350 polluter. You know, you have those reactions that you see it and you don't know anything about the person. How many of you, when the political signs start appearing in the yards, look at your neighbor and go, I knew that person voted for them. And you start, there's this divisiveness in our community that exists over just, really? And this is what, I mean, to a much lesser degree than the Jews were going on with at that time, but... There's a divisiveness that comes when we grab hold of politics and think that's the way that we're going to find salvation. Through political means, through militaristic means. And Jesus, as he rides in, is like, that's not what I'm about. I'm not about division. I'm about inclusion. I'm not about hate. I'm about love. Now, look, we're not going to agree on everything. We're Methodists. We agree to disagree. And we're going to love through it. It's one of the greatest things about the Methodist church is we got some crazy people in our ranks. Some of you are sitting out there right now. But we love each other through it. And I think that's what the kingdom of God is. Yeah, we need to continue to scream, God save us. But we need to get rid of that militaristic bent on it. And understand that the king of kings was the prince of peace. We need to begin to live as sons and daughters of peace. That will make so much better changes in this world than any election ever will. We, the believers in Jesus Christ, are the change. Let us pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, God, forgive us for those moments when we have forgotten your message of love and peace. Forgive us for those moments that We've turned our back on your ways and taken the ways of the world. Help us to grab hold of your robe. Help us to grab hold of the saving grace that you have given us and offer us. God, we continue to cry out for your saving. Hosanna. Bring your love. Bring your peace to a world that needs it. And help us to be those instruments. God, we thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen.
prayer uh, ministers, if you'll go ahead and slide over to the sides. If as we do the next.